welcome to the Women's Soccer Coaching Podcast. This is where we take a deep dive into the challenges and opportunities faced by those who coach in the women's game. I'm Hannah Duncan and I'll introduce our special guest in just a moment. This podcast accompanies the January issue of Women's Soccer Coaching magazine, which is available to subscribers right now. As well as the usual session plans and practices to inspire you, Kate Jones, a coach at Cincinnati United, shares tips for empowering your athletes, while Byron Gutierrez offers ideas for improving ball striking among female players. Natasha Bernardi shares a simple tool for encouraging reflection among the very youngest players, and we also highlight a series of fantastic roadshows to educate girls and their coaches about sports bras, a major barrier to participation for many. Our feature interview is with Denmark women's under-19s head coach Anja Heine-Muller, and she's our podcast guest. She spoke to our editor-in-chief, Steph Fairbairn, about her love for the last level before senior soccer, her ambitions to help Danish women's football to be more professional, and the challenges of coaching a national team. But first, Steph asked her how she arrived at this point. So, of course, all of it started by playing myself. Um, I did play all the the national teams growing up, uh, all the youth national teams, and had some a few games on the women's team as well. And but decided to stop my playing career in the age of 25. And from that moment on, I just moved directly into coaching uh, at the same club where I actually stopped uh, playing, and took over uh, with another coach uh, their U18s. Uh, team at that point um, that was domestic league, uh, league from that time on um, and from there um, because I'm married to uh, of course my husband Kenneth who's been in the coaching world as well we've kind of taken on jobs that fitted into our family lives um, and he was at that point also coaching uh, professionally um, we had kids and stuff like that so I, I moved into uh, in a coaching role in a boarding school, uh, which we have um, here in Denmark, where the kids come to stay when they're like 15 and 16 years old, spend a whole um, year in that school playing soccer and doing school. And I coached there for uh, actually eight years and taking on other coaching jobs um, in the, the Danish FA as well um, and training uh, girls there. And then um, after moving to Canada, um, living there for three years, uh, and I did some coaching there as well. But the main reason was that my husband had a coaching job there as well. Um, I coached there in uh, North Shore Girls Soccer Club, which is a Canadian, um, huge Canadian girls soccer club. Um, we, uh, We moved back to Denmark and I started coaching a senior team here and moving into again, youth um, youth uh, teams uh, in FC Norseland. Uh, and, f- and after one and a half years there, I got the opportunity to, to coach at the women's national team. So that was actually, yeah, 25 years of, uh, of experience. You just got there in maybe one and a half minutes. <laughs> it's impressive to cut it down to that. Um, <laughs> yeah. If you think about those 25 years, how would you summarize who you are as a coach? What what have all your experiences made you into? Hmm. I think um, I've been coaching like all levels um, at this moment and also all ages. I think it makes me um, realize all the different levels you can coach on. Also, as the experience as a player, 
like really seeing the human being and trying to figure out how you can help them best. Also in this, uh, in the women's game right now, where so many things are happening with such a speed that we need to make sure we, we bring the players in at the level they're at and what they're capable of in their daily lives as well. So it's kind of capturing in, trying to capture in all the things in the different stages we have for the, for the girls in soccer. Yeah. So when you got the call message, whatever it was, about the um, under-19s role, I suppose, what did that, how did you feel? What did that mean to you to be asked to take on a, a role like that? Hmm, the funny thing is that I usually don't make plans about what do I want to do next. I really try to enjoy, and I do enjoy what I'm doing, really try to do my best and really be great at what I'm doing right now. Um, but when I got this opportunity, of course, it was like, this is an amazing, amazing opportunity. And it got me thinking back to one of the first uh, coaching, um, when I took my B license, we had to put down, of course, the plans for the future. And I did put down that I want to be the national team coach at, at some point for the youth teams. And it's not like I've worked to get there, but just suddenly one thing always leads to the next one. Um, so that was kind of like, yeah, I did it. Not like I planned to do it, but just it took me there. And to get that opportunity was just amazing. Also because working with the U18s in, in FC Norseland, that was the last level and leading them up to the seniors team and I really like that role when they're in between really trying to reach that last level um, going up to the senior team so so I knew that would, was an important role because everything is on stake for these girls in this age group. So if we think I suppose a bit more about the specifics of that role what are some of the challenges specific to them being at that level maybe about to make that jump? Yeah um I've only been in this job for three months, so I can answer you like what I've experienced so far. So one of the things is we kind of borrow the players from the clubs when they come in and we get all, when we get them in, we have them in, we have all the emotions and the successes and the failures, we get that in and that leads back to the club. Um, and getting those players in, we need to within seven to nine days to get them on track to this is like your new team for nine days and we have three games we really need to compete at our highest level and to fix things or to ride on that great wave they're on is just a big job to capture um so at the moment we have and we'll have that all the way through we'll have players that has made the final cut to the seniors team in their clubs and they're on a good wave. And then we have players that made it. And now at the moment, they're not getting playing time. So they come in and they don't think they're, they don't feel like they're at the best level. Um, but maybe last time they were in at the national team, they were so great. They were doing so great on our level, but now they just hit um, something challenging and we have to get them up there again. Um, so that's, that's kind of like you come in and you 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 can follow them in the clubs, but you don't really know how they feel like when they come in. It's a big question, but how do you go about doing that then? How do you try and get them on that even ground? Yeah, so we have uh, the contact to the club 
uh, coaches are really important. So before they come in, we of course follow them in the clubs, watching the games and stuff like that. But we do connect to the coaches um, within a week before they come in to hear about um, this, to have a status on how are they doing um, at the club. It's also about school, like the everyday lives. What about injuries and all that stuff? So we have like that feedback. Um, but of course, the coaches in the clubs, they don't know everything. So sometimes they come in and we, we do know we need to take care, extra care of one specific player, but they could show up other players that are really struggling or um, having things that they, they wouldn't like to have uh, some help to, to deal with. And I'm not saying we are not perfect, so we don't discover everything. But the great thing is if we create this... Um, trustful environment we can we can be sure that the players will come themselves and say you know i i need help with these things can you help me out so that's that's the goal that we have this environment so they come themselves if we don't discover it on our own so sticking with your first few months in the role has that been the focus then trying to create the environment or what what else have you been focusing on since you started yeah, so actually the environment for me is the most exciting thing uh, to, to start working on. And that's, that's what takes it all, all, all our minutes in the beginning um, to have uh, behavioral patterns that really makes the, the team rise. And also when, when, so to be prepared to meet challenges, we also need to, to be at our best. And if we're not working in the same direction, like that, that, um, that will take, bring us down. It will take us longer time to come up again. So um, for example, um, just to give an, uh, yeah, and a specific example, it could be around substitutes. So if you're selected in a squad of 20, we are always, we all, everyone of us knows that 11 of them will play. So we have nine players on the bench how can these nine players be at their exact and um, the best top level when they come in? So they don't focus on, oh, I only got 20 minutes of the game, but they actually are looking into being at their best when they come in for the last 20 minutes. So giving the substitutes a, a motivation um, or trying for them to see the motivation they should have to come in and being able to change the game in the last 20 minutes but before the game starts also to to do their best to make the 11 starters um having the best experience to prepare them to have you know even though they're suffering they're not playing but still feel like this is a team we're a whole group squad and how can i make this player do their best and smile and when they score in the warm-up you know, really great work and all that stuff. So that's where we've, we've been started to create that team feeling um, in, in the camps. Yeah. And how does what you're doing integrate then with the work being done at the lower age groups and in the senior team? How does that fit in, I suppose, in terms of environment, but also in terms of game model and plans for progression for players? Yeah, so... We, um, we have had like a style of play, of course, but we've, we've tried to, to break that down in the national team coaches group and discussing um, again, how do we want to play? 
what is um, our values and um, how as a team would we like to look and if if we are if we want to play in one way how does that look at the u16 national team and what do they need to learn and then moving up so on u17 we can work on let's say two or three different formations and when they come up at the u19 they we should be able to pick any of these formations and they should have known it and tried it out um, on the lower levels. So we have more freedom at the U19s, but also to direct them into the women's program as well. So it's really about creating the same language and the same style of play in our training camps. So what does success look like to you, I suppose, in, in your role? Is it the number of players that make it to the senior team? Is it the results? Is it, yeah, what, what does success mean for you? Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, for me personal, there are also small successes on the on the way, which leads back to me as a coach and my values. But the, the main thing I need to make sure of is that we have as many players um, doing, completing the pathway from the U19s or from the U16s all the way up to the women's team, of course. That's the biggest success we can have. But we also need to look at um, not all of them makes it um, uh, the direct way. Some of them will need more years in the National League before they come up. Um, so we want to give them uh, the best platform, not the best platform, but um, give them all that experience so they can do that later. And that will mean we, we just started a U23 uh, team that will start out here in uh, in January, January um, 2023, and that would be really important for them to have the chance to play more games. Um, and more games at international level is really what we think will make them ready for taking that last step. So uh, a qualification for the Euros for U, uh, U19 would be huge because that will mean we'll have more games at the best level against the best opponents. So that's also something I, I really um, need to, not to work on, but that's a goal for, for the U19s as well. I think that leads us on to, I suppose, the, the bigger picture of, of the game in Denmark. And you, and you referenced, you know, 25 years of experience. In that time, how much have you seen the game progress and develop? Oh, yeah. it's crazy. It's crazy. And it's um, I've had three years in Canada, so I'm kind of jumping in between because um, sometimes when I look uh, around in Denmark to see what we have achieved, it's amazing from looking back when I started playing. I was actually I think I was 15 until I met another girl at my same age that played uh, soccer. I was playing with the boys until I was uh, 12 and then we on a senior team from I was 12 years old. So just having like girls walking around in every club now and playing soccer, that's amazing in itself. Um, and from now on seeing um, women players um, could live what looks like a professional life is, is also amazing. Um, and then when I um, when I come living in Canada, it's like, well, female players are all over. I, I was working in a club 
for only female players and there was like 3,000 of them <laughs> and I was just that was just amazing to have that feeling and then coming back to Denmark it's like hmm, where are you there should be more so it's really the Canadian classes and then the Danish classes it's like they're on a different level um, but we're really progressing uh, massively in Denmark about um, female soccer also because just soccer um, the results on the men's national team has just really bloomed and everyone is just uh, proud to wearing that red and white um, jersey and that gives that's good for the for the female um, yeah development as well for sure and to keep the game leveling up then what more needs to be done or what needs to continue happening to make sure that you continue in the right direction yeah um, I think right now at the club level, um, we are trying to give um, the best um, facilities and training times and all this stuff to make it, to do like a, a pro life as, as a soccer player. Um, but it's still, we have the education part for the youth players and we have the club part. And these two, we're really good at combining these two. And we have highly educated players on the youth teams and and the seniors team but we're still not it's still not full professionally so so combining these two is still what will take it to the next level um so right now we can have senior um players in the clubs training in the morning so could have two trainings per day so they come in, in the morning they will go to school or work afterwards and then they'll come back in the evening and have a training session, for example. If it goes fully professional, they can come in and they could do that training at 11 a.m. instead of at 8 a.m. because they don't need to reach anything else um, during the day. So we're right in between. We have so um, seen good development in all this, but we're not there yet, of course. And what about female representation in terms of other roles, I suppose more specifically coaching and refereeing what does that look like how have you seen that develop what's the room still to grow there uh we got way more potential there for sure um yeah i'm just i'm right now i'm at the pro license program and i think i'm not sure if we're 20 or 24 but we got we have two female um coaches there and that's I've actually been alone in in that area for for a long time. So for that to double up is great, but we'll see much more coming in the future. But we're not there yet. Um, so yeah, in the best in the best league in Denmark and the women's senior um, uh, league, we have one female coach. Um, the rest is we had two. Carmelina was here as well. She went to Mexico. Um, so no, now we're down to one, but, um, you know, three years ago, we probably didn't have any. So um, we're, we're getting there, but everyone is paying attention to this in Denmark as well. We want more. And if we talk to the players uh, on the women's national team, um, they want to be coaches as well. So they, it will come for sure. It will. Um, so the senior team have qualified for the World Cup next year. And I know you speak a lot about role models and the importance of, of role models and how, yeah, how important has that been to, to show, I suppose, younger players what's actually possible? Um, and yeah, how much are you looking forward to seeing them on the big stage? Oh, it's, it's just, um, 
it's an amazing opportunity for a country to to participate in the World Cup. Um, we have it's like it's an open window right now for female football everywhere in the whole world um, because it's growing so fast. But to have like your own country participating in a World Cup will just make that interest even bigger. And I know there are so many young girls playing soccer that really looks forward to this to to cheer for their own team and then get inspired of all the other teams there. So um, I'm really looking forward that to that and also just feel like you can kind of walk around and you can feel there's something going on. And we are always, all, all of us are looking forward to going home and see that game tonight or during the night <laughs> because they play down under, right? So I'm looking forward to that for sure. And I suppose the fact it's the first time they're there since 2007 shows some of that progress you've been talking about in, in action. Yes, for sure. Um, and, but they also know it's it's like a huge stage and the women's football has just grown so fast. So it's just an amazing chance to see how how close are we to the best ones. And, um, and, and also, you know, when you know when you come back from a World Cup or a Euros, you, you also just learn so much. So, yeah, so also as a coach, looking forward to see what the teams are coming with for the whole world. I was going to say, are you going to be there to watch? Um, I'm actually not sure uh, yet. We haven't planned out if the youth national uh, coaches are going. So, um, yeah, it could be. I hope so for you. Yeah, me too. And I think there'll be a lot of players that you work with, a lot of other coaches that will be looking to you as an inspiration for what you've done in the game. I think, one, are you aware of that? And and two, how do you carry that? And yeah, how do you feel about it? How do you make sure that you're kind of advocating for for other women? Mm, I think, um, you know, I've said yes to every opportunity I've gotten. I think that's really important. But I also know that we need to make sure that they that we have the support around us because it, it's like when you move into the professional um, uh, soccer career here, I'm just talking about how it felt for me walking into FC Norseland. It was like opening a door to just a big uh, working place where everyone was just going and they were going quick and they knew what they were doing. And you're kind of like, Oh my God, where am I going? What should I be doing? What should I be saying? So really, like the mentorships in the club, because, you know, all all the female coaches coming through now, they want to go in there. But they also, I think they're scared of taking that step going in there. So we need to make sure that that we have these mentorships when they come in and because they really want to learn. And most of them haven't been in in clubs or environments where they had the opportunity to really grow Um but in the bigger clubs, and especially when you combine the, the female and the men's club, there's so much knowledge that we can get. And so we just really appreciate coming in there and learning. But I think a lot of them might be having th- second thoughts if they want to take that challenge on and, and move and go into that door there, go through. I was building on that then. And, and final question for you. We, ha- we have a lot of coaches, female coaches listening to this at, at various levels um of coaching with various aspirations what would you be saying to them what would your advice be to them 
I can I can say that what's been important for me was to have uh, now I'm the head coach to have an assistant coach that really wants the same things as I so I can have these basic questions um, discussed with him or her um, so we can so we can go through all these things together that has been important for me to have someone close it doesn't have to be your assistant coach just you know friends or someone else that you can really um, discuss also basic things because you're new to everything and I, I think a lot of people don't want to be that person asking the basic questions all the time so just to have someone close that can help you from the outside or just being close to you when you're in there um, but really take it on because it always leads you somewhere I usually I've been in so many jobs where I'm like I thought I should be here forever because I love what I'm doing but suddenly I must have done well because now I'm offered something new and that's that's great as well so just jump in do it and see where it leads you that was the voice of Anja Heine-Muller. We thank her for her time and insights and wish her and the Denmark Under-19s the very best for the year ahead. Thanks to you as well for listening. Don't forget the January issue of Women's Soccer Coaching is out now. To subscribe, visit www.womensoccercoaching.com. I'm Hannah Duncan. Join us again soon on the Women's Soccer Coaching Podcast. Podcast.